You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 400, The Four Hats of a Leader. So I'm pulling some of this material and adapting some of this material from Pastor or Dr. Phil Pringle. Uh, Pastor Phil is the leader of C3 Global, which is the movement of churches that my church belongs to. Uh, He started in 1980, planted a single church in Sydney, Australia. It's still there. In fact, he he pastored that church for, well, right at 40 years until just in the last year or two, he released it to to a younger pastor who's taken it into um, uh, the future. But Dr. Phil oversees this global movement, and now there's between six and 700 churches throughout the world. Australia, the U.S., South America, Canada, Europe, uh, Asia, the Middle East, uh, really C3 churches are everywhere. And uh, One of the things Pastor Phil is known for is his incredible ability to develop leaders. He's developed leadership teams. He's, I don't think you can go to the level that he's gone to as far as building churches and empowering other people to plant churches unless you know how to build leaders. So I'm going to talk about the four hats of a leader. And like I say, I'll give you links to a couple of his books here in a little while. The first, the first hat that a leader must wear uh, if you're going to grow a church, a business, a movement, Really, if you're going to grow anything, you've got to be able to cast vision. You've got to be a vision caster. Um, Steve Jobs had a vision for a computer in every home. And he was. They, people told him he was crazy. Other computer companies said, nobody needs a computer. Nobody's going to want a computer. Why would somebody have a computer in their house? But that was his vision. And of course, it transformed the world. I mean, I'm working on a, uh, a, a MacBook Pro. I've got an iPhone sitting here. I'm reading my notes off an iPad. Um, you know, he had a vision and he was able to cast that vision. And, you know, it transformed the world, the world of technology. And, and other great leaders, um, you know, love him or hate him, President Trump had a vision for what America should look like. Um, the leader, whether he's a pastor, whether he's a politician, whether he's a business leader, wh- whatever, whoever, we've got to constantly be communicating this vision because it, it, if we're casting the vision, we're communicating the vision, we're sharing it. Um Uh, Andy Stanley, uh, the pastor of North Point Church in Atlanta, says about casting the vision. He says, you cast the vision, and you cast the vision, and you keep casting the vision, and you cast the vision till you're sick of casting the vision, 
and you cast the vision until you think people, other people are sick of hearing about the vision, but then you've just gotten started. Because the reality is most people aren't as tuned into what our vision is as we are. And so very often it takes casting that vision and communicating that vision over and over and over again. We can't, we can't expect people um, to work on implementing the vision if they don't know what it is. And the only way they're going to know what it is is if we're constantly, constantly communicating what that vision is. We don't do it just once. It's got to be done daily and sometimes even multiple times a day and in different ways. And let me just give you one example. Our church has a mission statement. And our mission statement as a church, as a local church, is inviting everyone in our influence to experience full life in Jesus. That's our our mission statement. That's what we're striving for. That's what everything that we do as a church is aiming at, is to invite everyone in our influence to experience full life in Jesus. Now, how do we communicate this? Well, we communicate in a variety of different ways, but one of the ways is every Sunday it's quoted from the stage. And what's funny is people now, even people who, who are fairly new to the church, can tell you what the mission statement is because if they're paying attention on Sunday during the, the, the announcements part of the service, whoever's on stage always says, hey, listen, we want to let you know what kind of church we are. We believe um, we've got a mission, and our mission is inviting everyone in our influence to experience full life in Jesus. So it's, it's constantly reinforced. It's reinforced in staff meetings. Pastors reinforce it during their messages. So, so, so if you want people to catch your vision, you've got to constantly be casting it. So the first hat of a leader is you've got to be a vision caster. Number two, you've got to be a great team builder. If you have a vision that you can accomplish yourself, it's probably, for sure, it's definitely too small. Because God wants us to build things that we can only accomplish with the help of other people. Every leader has to build a great team if they're going to build a great church, a great business, a great organization, or even inside an organization if you just want to build your department, your own small team. Um, you're only going to be able to, to, to accomplish things by, by putting a great team together. And, and no leader has it within his self or herself to do everything that needs to be done. In fact, you aren't good enough to do everything that needs to be done. I find that there are certain things that give me joy, there are certain things that energize me, and there are certain things that drain me. There are certain things that suck the life out of me. There are some administrative tasks that I absolutely hate doing. Thankfully, I've got people on my team who delight in doing some of these other things. And so I can let them do what they're good at, and I can stay focused on what I'm good at. We've got to be building team teams to help us implement our vision. Um, we want to see people on our teams grow and develop personally. Um, you know, our people don't just exist to serve our vision. That's, that's, that's actually a very callous and crass way of looking at our people. Our people are our most valuable resource. And so 
really what you as a leader should be looking for, that is, as your people come and they commit themselves and they join you to see your vision fulfilled, what you've recruited them for, what you've added them to the team for, you want to help them see their dreams and visions fulfilled as well. Because as we work together, as we serve each other, we can see each other's dreams fulfilled. It should never just be about your vision. Of course, it should be the overarching thing for your business, your church, your organization, of course. But it's never just about you. It's also about developing and caring for um, the people that have been entrusted to you. So how do you build this great team? Look, I've talked about team building on so many occasions on this podcast. I'm not going to really get into it here. Um, I've got a great formula that, I, that I've discussed uh, several times on here about how to build a great team, the things that you should look for. But but building this team um, should should be something that you're, you never get away from. We're casting our vision, of course, but we're always building people. And one of the simple ways we build our people is we we're giving them responsibility. We're, 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 we're giving them the training they need. We're giving them the resources they need. I heard a, 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 a division uh, head, basically a, a VP for a big company, um, was talking to him at church on Sunday. And he was talking about how he, his, he sees his role as a VP to, to be able to just get out of the way and remove obstacles so his people can work. He said, I see myself as someone who who helps my people, who gets obstacles out of the way so that they can accomplish great things. And so as leaders, as team builders, that's what we should see ourselves as. We should see ourselves as getting things out of the way and giving them the resources that they need as we build this great team to see the vision implemented. Don't go away. I will be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning, man, I've got three resources to share with you. First of all, there's my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. This is my popular leadership book with uh, short chapters on management, leadership, supervision, time management, goal setting, and so many other things that will help you. Each chapter is short and immediately actionable so that you can put these things into practice in your own leadership. And as I promised, let me share with you two of of, of Dr. Phil Pringle's leadership resources. First of all, um, and this book is a classic within within our, our movement of churches, You the Leader. You the Leader is just a dynamite book um, discussing really what it means to lead and to lead well. This is a book that we have studied. We've built connect groups around. Um, We even had a course in in our school of ministry that this was one of the primary textbooks. So fantastic book. But then he he expanded on on these things that he developed in in You the Leader, and he, he went forward with his book Top 10 Qualities of a Great Leader. Top 10 Qualities of a Great Leader. And, and again, this is just a fantastic leadership book. Um, it'll, it'll help you so much. These 10 things that, 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 that we'll be, you'll be talking about in the book will help you. Um, it's extremely practical. practical. 
Uh, Dr. Phil is a phenomenal teacher. He's a great writer. He believes in illustrating well. He's got great stories. And so, by all means, check out these two resources. Probably like, like my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond, and then his, You the Leader, and Top 10 Qualities of a, of a Great Leader. You'll be able to go on, click on Amazon, and then read a little bit for free. And then, by all means, click the Buy button, because I know you'll love them. Get all three. All right, so we've, we're talking about the four hats of a leader. We've talked about the, the, the fact that the first two are a, a vision caster and then a team builder. We have to cast our vision, but we also have to have a team that's willing to come alongside and work with us to see that vision fulfilled. And then number three is problem solver. You know, when we start building and, and working towards seeing that vision fulfilled, there's always going to be problems. Um, every leader knows that this is such an important part of their job description. Um, and, and sadly, I've seen some leaders seem to resent the fact that their people bring them problems and challenges. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, when I've been in management leadership roles, when I was with the police department, I don't want people coming to me with things that they know how to solve and deal with themselves. Um, to me, that's just lazy, and, 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 and as the leader, we should call them out on it and say, no, no, you can, you can figure this one out on your own. Um, but, but people come to the leader and should be coming to you with problems that no one else has been able to solve, maybe because the other people don't have the authority to solve it. It might involve resources. It might involve um, other personnel issues, and so you might be the only one who can solve this problem. And one of the things about leadership is leaders are able to see things that others cannot. And so because of that, because sometimes leaders are able to see a little further down the road, they're often able to um, solve problems because they can see a little further down the road. They might have a little bit more insight. They might be able to, because they've got a bigger view of what's going on, they can see things that that person who's in the middle of dealing with this problem can't really see. So sometimes just the leader's perspective can help. Now, typically what I would do is, is, when, is when people come to me and they're coming to me with a problem, they're coming with, with a challenge, they're coming with something that, that they need help solving, what I would always do is say, listen, if you're going to bring me a problem, bring me at least one solution, preferably two or three. Because what I'm doing is I'm training my people on how to solve problems themselves. So people would come in and they would say, look, here's the problem. And I'd say, all right, what do you think? What's a, what's a good solution to this? And they might throw a solution out there. And it might not be anywhere close to being a good solution, but at least they've done something. They've thought about it. And I'd say, yeah, okay, what else? And what started to happen over time is my, my, my people, and especially my senior people, as they began to look at the problem and to kind of step back and look for solutions, they began to find their own solutions. So, so what started happening is when, when people would come to me with a problem, they say, listen, I got a problem. This is how I think I should solve it. And they would typically share this perfect solution. I say, man, that is such a great idea. Good for you for figuring that out. Pat them on the back, send them on their way, and they go out 
really feeling like a million dollars because they've solved their problem. So teaching our people how to think is part of being a problem solver. Now listen, there's always going to be problems that only you can solve. There's always going to be times when you've got to help people find the solution. That's fine. But it's also good to take our team. Remember, we're talking about building a team. And as we're building our team, we want to help them develop the ability to solve problems. And then the last one, we're talking about four, the four hats of a leader. Well, the fourth one that we're going to talk about today is that of a decision maker. A decision maker. You know, of the four things that we've mentioned, casting vision, team building, problem solving, and then making decisions. Of the four things we've mentioned, decision making is probably the most important. Nothing stops forward progress faster than indecisiveness. And I've shared this before, but it's always worth sharing again. I I worked for for, for some really, really, really good leaders at the police department during my 30-year career. But there were a couple of times when we had people in senior leadership positions who were horribly indecisive. And so things would just come to a standstill. You know, we're waiting on a decision about some new equipment. We're waiting on a decision about some new policies that needed to be implemented. And things that really should have been decided in a matter of days were being dragged out for weeks and for months and just never got resolved. I joked because after about, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years into my career, um, I submitted something. Uh, you know, we talk about problem solving, and it was a problem I couldn't solve, but I submitted something up the line, and my boss approved it and sent it up, and their boss approved it, and it finally got to the, the top of the food chain, the police chief. And 25, 30 years later, I'm st- I still haven't heard. And of course, I'm retired now, but, 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 but it, ju- it was just funny that I never, ever got an answer. And so decision-making is so important. Listen, leaders make decisions. Now, you're not always going to make decisions that, that people like. I mean, you're, you're, you're always going to have people push back. I mean, there's, there's always that, that. That's just the nature of life. You're never going to make a decision that's going to make everybody happy. Um, that's just leadership 101. You do the best you can. You know, we, we talk to people. We gather information. We get people's opinions. Sometimes you take a survey, depending on what it is. Um, you think about it. But ultimately, you have to make a decision. You have to act. You have to pull the trigger and do it. And, and, and you know, lead, this is what we get paid for. Leaders get paid to make decisions. And, you know, there's a, there, a paralysis that can set in um, by indecisiveness. There's this thing called fear, and it, and, and, and it can just paralyze us that, oh my gosh, if I do the wrong thing. You know, most of the time, we're not dealing with life and death decisions here. Sure, there may be money involved, but 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 still, make a decision. It's usually going to be better than not making a decision. So as we said, you know, you, you, you gather information, you talk to people, you think about it, but ultimately, make the decision sooner rather than later. And here's what's going to happen. Your people are going to love you for it. Even the ones that don't like the decision will appreciate the fact that now they know which direction they're going in. Um, 
We're not always going to make decisions that make everybody happy, but people want guidelines. They want to know what the parameters are to work within. And so when there's no decision, um, people don't know what to do. But when there is a very clear, uh, when there are very clear guidelines, then everybody knows what the parameters are. So make that decision. So just a quick recap, the four hats of a leader, vision caster, team builder, problem solver, and decision maker. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. Check out some of my past posts, click on my books, take a look at those. Make sure you check out today's resource highlights. And by all means, if you have a uh, that question or comment, drop it in there. Let's keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear what maybe the fifth or sixth or seventh hat of a leader is. Let me know what you think are some other hats that leaders should be wearing. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We will see you next week on Leading and Learning.